The moon. What is it? What does it want? Is it secretly feeding on your dreams? I'm your host, Sebastian Strange, and I have the exclusive interview tonight on Somewhere Public Radio. New information in our ongoing coverage of the bus. Duncan Oliver reports. Connectivity in the gap of time during the middle of the night that nobody remembers is what holds us all together. We can report that there were many interest groups investigating the phenomenon that has become known as the bus. Yet only now do we have a direct source from the vehicle itself. There was an understandable fear and uncertainty surrounding its appearance and subsequent swallowing of a few community members. We are happy to report that all missing persons have returned in one form or another. Here, in a WSOM exclusive interview, you can hear what exciting opportunities this bus offers. Mm-hmm. And you felt that... Oh, so it was Claire's great deals that drew you to City Hall? Ah, and the gathered people, of course. Incredible! That's right, listeners. No longer will you have to budget travel time around the Escher Plaza. For just a small tithe, our new friend the bus will happily ferry wayward travelers between its stops. Additionally, if you, your neighbor, or the shadowy figure who waits behind your window wishes to construct your own stop, you can request a construction kit from our very own Claire Claremont. More details will be posted to Sploot, so you can't miss it. WSOM Gold Star today goes to William at the Customer Service Bureau, who provided our dear Claire with the reading necessary to invent and provide these kits. A warning, if you come across any lingering bureaucratic red tape, stay clear. We advise that you hold your breath and notify a council representative immediately for proper disposal. Your fog forecast for the day is partially cloudy with highs beyond imagining. Please don't get too carried away. Finally, if anyone listening has seen or otherwise sensed a cat named Mayor McMeow, there is an interested party offering a POG reward for any information. This has been Duncan Oliver from Radio Somewhere. Meanwhile, in a press release slipped under my door just now, the city council cautions residents not to approach the bus and definitely not to aid and abet its escape from code compliance. Oh no, that would be no good at all, the release warns. <laughs> no good at all. Somewhere residents are reporting an abnormal absence of color around the community pool. The normally vibrant summer gathering spot has been reduced to lowly sepia hues, even grayscale in places. What a sad state of affairs here in our town. According to Somewhere Public Utilities Director Dot Polk, the black and whiteout was caused by a faulty transformer, which malfunctioned when it ate a nearby squirrel. Crews are installing a Technicolor generator to restore service until repairs can be completed. Now a message from our sponsors. Do you have a wad of cash burning a hole in your wallet? Watch out! Too much money in one place can spontaneously animate, quickly transforming into a voracious, rapacious killing machine. If you discover that you have a currency infestation, call the friendly folks at First Bank of Somewhere. Whether it's a small savings or an unstoppable 401k, our certified banking technicians will safely remove all the funds from your household so that you can sleep easy. Why wait? Call First Bank today. 
The parent-teacher amalgamation is asking all civically-minded Somewarians to contact their council members about the space that doesn't exist where the elementary school used to be. Tell them to change the zoning from education to mixed-dimensional use so the PTA's team of intrepid explorers can figure out what happened to the school. Now is the time to grab your blood quills and... It appears we are out of time, dear listeners. You know what to do. Write your council member. Write to the city council. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Hannah. Greetings. I'm Hannah, and I play Max the Paradox. Yes, I did have to look at my sheet again. <laughs> We're still getting used to it. We're still getting used to it. Kyle. Hello. Good evening. Good morning. I am Duncan Oliver, the Vox. And who do you play? Uh, I play Kyle, the podcaster. Oh, fabulous. Okay. Playing Duncan Oliver, Thanks. the Vox. <laughs> and Tio. Hi, friends. I'm Tio. I play Claire Claremont, the Forgotten Vessel. We open on Normal Brewing Company. Woo! The three of you are gathered in a booth in the back with Stafford, the bureaucratic investigator, and Jackie, the antiques dealer slash collector, and you have been approached by the parent-teacher amalgamation, the PTA. There is a, a small crowd of people standing in front of you, unified by a vaguely sort of upper middle class aesthetic. They all have like very well done hair, kind of snappy, preppy looking clothes. The person who's been speaking to you thus far is wearing like a, a sweater vest and he has thick horn rim glasses. But as the, the conversation is continuing, he stops speaking and a woman next to him who's wearing a nice sort of tailored burgundy pantsuit picks up. And as this conversation continues, different members of the PTA seem to like start and stop speaking simultaneously. But the woman in the pantsuit continues where the man left off and says, We have a job for you. I think Duncan is not thrown off too much about the different speakers. I feel like he's probably interviewed the PTA a number of times probably. before and has some familiarity with the, the entity, but kind of like looks around at the, the rest of the group, looks back and says, I have a, a job. Sorry, let me be clear. We have a task that we think you three are uniquely suited to complete given your exploits outside of City Hall. You have a knack for unique problem solving that we really like to see. So you may have heard about the space that doesn't exist where the elementary school used to be. Well, our combined fund drive has raised a significant amount of funds and we're prepared to mount an expedition, provided we can get the city council Praise me. to change the zoning. We don't know what we're going to find on the other side. You three strike us as an intrepid sort. I should add the PTA uses any and all pronouns. Just to cross T's and dot I's, y'all have a proper protection for those funds, right? Oh, yes. They're sequestered in various vaults at the First Bank of Somewhere. Just to make sure that we got this all, you know, this all squared away. Where the elementary school used to be. Yes, I've always been interested in what went down over there. I think when the PTA approached, Stafford like held up a newspaper with two eye holes. And you can see he like turns to you, <laughs> Duncan, and says, Duncan. That disappearance has loomed over me like an albatross. It haunts my dreams. <laughs> Let me come with you. You really only need the one eye hole, my guy. 
Wait, can you? Right, because he's a ca- he's a camera head. It's it's to make me blend in. Okay, <laughs> of course, of course. I forgot how good at blending in and being discreet you are. Another member of the PTA speaks up. Well, a lot of our members were there at City Hall, Claire, heeding your call. Your your sploot, your splat, your splat. God, it's your mass splat. Just disgusting. I, I, I'm I've come around. I like it. I'm into sploot. Yeah, because yeah, it does sound oh just like terrible. It lands with such a like a, it does. a moist thumb, yep. and I, I'm just I'm so here for it. It makes me think of that little extra bit of wet poop that comes out of a dog at the end like they've oh, done their God. first thing and then it's like they wait a little and then it's that little you made it so you know much what I'm worse talking about? Tio. Tio, you it made is. it worse Tio. no regrets <laughs> many of our members heeded your splat to join the party at city hall and duncan a lot of the members of the search party they and the pta kind of looks around and you see several of the people who kind of talk down they would love to have their kids back and uh, Duncan and Claire specifically, Max, you don't owe any debts to community, but Duncan and Claire, you do. And I'm, I'm calling in your debt. So <laughs> um, or more specifically, the PTA is calling in your debt to help them. Oh, yeah. Duncan is 100 percent on board. OK, Claire. Yeah. OK. <laughs> I think Claire rolls her eyes and then kind of nods like, OK. Duncan stands up in the booth grasping his video camera and tape recorder. We'll get to the bottom of this. Or I, my name is Duncan Oliver, (laughs) reporter for WSOM Radio Somewhere. Claire leans over and whispers to Duncan like, so kids of this age, they're like, what, 20? 19? What's the age for this level of schooling at this point? How tall are they? You know, that's one of the questions we have to answer. I want to know, like, what point in my eyesight I should how be looking for these children. How tall are they? I could tell you how tall they were, mm. but that's about all I can say. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah, like, Claire has no concept of d- the development of children, of, like, what at what <laughs> age what happens. So she just bases it on height. Like, what? <laughs> how tall of a human am I looking for here? <laughs> the PTA looks at you and says, Elementary school is more conceptual we don't like to put age brackets around students it's it's more just about where they're at you know so just go with the flow you know that actually sounds quite similar to the marketing material on one of our wrap dresses just go with the flow it it has no clear directions on how to wrap it you just kind of do what feels natural to you so that actually makes perfect sense to me i'm on board 100 (laughs) percent We don't feel the need to contain them in a creative or temporal way. We just try to meet them where they're at, you know. So expect any age, basically. It's all about how you feel elementary in your heart. Now Claire is debating whether she should go to elementary school, but internally, she's not saying it out loud. PTA hands you a pamphlet. (laughs) Oh, no, you didn't say it out loud. Yeah, no, no, they, they definitely know what they she's thinking. Yeah, she, she, uh, she goes, thank you, and tucks it away. Claire absolutely does, like, that, that show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? No. <laughs> her, her only education was back in the 1800s or 1900. It doesn't matter. It's nothing. Yeah, she right. does not know the number of states in the United States at this point. What is the United States? My unofficial tagline for somewhere is somewhere... USA? 
So <laughs> I don't know if we're, it's established necessarily. Uh, anyway, That's yeah, fair. I think the PTA hands you a brochure and it's like somewhere elementary and there's a picture of like a mom and a teen and like a five-year-old and then the mom's got a baby strapped to her uh, and all of them are walking into the elementary school and like pointing to different conceptual subject matter. I like that. I think I would have learned more in that version of school. Anyway, that, <laughs> we don't need to get into that diatribe, but I'm digging this. I'm into it. Mm -hmm. uh, another member of the PTA speaks up. Max. We all turn. You came, well, I don't know if I can say recommended, but we spoke with Elodie, and she said that she has never and will never go to the elementary school and therefore can't. But maybe you could. You could use your help. Uh, I leaned back a little bit and stroke my chin in what I am aiming to be a contemplative gesture. Could also be buying some time. Does not look nearly as cool as I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the energy that we're going for. Next to you, Jackie's like, what? What are you doing? Max, do you have something on your hair? Uh, I can get it for you. And she like dabs a napkin. Not like, yeah, let me get me up. Get me up, sweetheart. Yeah. It's okay. I got you. I got you, darling. No, 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 no. And I like slap her hand. <laughs> it devolves into a slapping fight. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think that means what? they're in. No. <laughs> Uh, what's up? In between slaps, I also see that a miniature soldier has come out of her pocket. <laughs> yeah, it also has, like, a really tiny, like, napkin, and it's, like, running down Jackie. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, yeah. Um, I, as I'm slapping the tiny soldier away as well, I look up and I go, what's in it for me? Mm, the satisfaction of returning the elementary school to its rightful place in the community? Eh, try again. Mm, pogs? <laughs> oh my god, pogs. Pogs? Most of the combined fund drive has come in in pogs. I could offer you a gift card to the big box store, but the value is uh uncertain. It fluctuates. Also, I I don't want to go into the big box store. <laughs> I lean over carefully to Jackie, not close enough so that she can wipe my face. But I I go would any of this help with, you know, the thing? Mm. The, the thing? I mean, little liquid cash is always good to have. I've got a bunch of urns with protective sigils so that uh, we should be able to keep it separated so it doesn't merge into, you know, a currency amalgamation. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it can't hurt, certainly. You know, I always grease the palms. <laughs> I look at them and I squint and I go, I'll take the pogs. Fabulous. Well, I, for one, am excited about this. I think this is going to be great for us and for you. So I would anticipate the zoning change coming through in, oh, the next day or two. So if you'd like to prepare or make any sort of preparations, please feel free. If you have any questions for us, I'd be happy to answer that at this time. Otherwise, yeah, what can you tell us about this elementary school? I presume you've been keeping an eye on it as it's under your jurisdiction, as it were. Well, it disappeared from existence a while ago. So unfortunately, I haven't been able to keep track of it. 
that is a sore spot. Big disagreements with the school board. But uh, Sower Elementary, creative school for the youthish of today, tomorrow, yesterday. Uh, you know, we cover all the basic subjects, preparing our students for careers and livelihoods. Nobody remembers how long it's been gone. The space where it was doesn't exist. So it's just like empty. It's just nothing. It's closed over itself. A scab in reality, some people have referred to it. What else is there to tell? No contact from anyone in there this time. We've tried to reach them. Who disappeared? Oh, a bunch of kids, some teachers, um, a few random people just caught in the school at the time. And who remained? Oh, no one. I mean, anyone who was outside the school, but... So presumably, the children who disappeared are now... Older. Children age. Um, probably. Claire, how old do you think children? Like, Claire, just give me (laughs) me an age range of what you think a child is. Well, I mean. Not a judgment, maybe, depending on your answer. Look, the, the last time that I was anywhere remotely in charge of children. You know, you stopped being a child about seven, at which point you were expected to work full time. And and seven back then looked a whole lot different than it does today. So I have no concept of what is or isn't a child. I'm told that someone of 12 years old is not an adult. So something has changed in the world. So I would say a child is anywhere between zero and 20. I've heard some rumors about ch- children live at home later. Frankly, anyone who isn't using my products, I don't know their age. I do collect all that information on all of my customers, though. We're all a bit of a child at heart, I think. The PTA nods sagely. I don't know what that means. Our hearts, squishy hearts, flesh hearts. I mean, Claire, it's better than I thought you were going to get. So I will give you that. And Max nods knowingly and says, you're not wrong in that the definition of child has changed from varying time periods. But I would age that number a little bit down, my assumption. And I look at the PT and I go, you don't have any 20-year-olds there, do you? They sort of pause and you see the various forms kind of looking contemplatively. And then mm-hmm. most of them shake their head no, but a few of them kind of like tug at their collars <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> I just have to say, the most brutal boss I ever had was this whippersnapper six-year-old. Just really, woof, would, would not let up on anyone on the line. It was, <laughs> never, never had a boss that pushed me quite that hard. And you know what? I was better for it. <laughs> what line? <laughs> the, the line the assembly of milk carton line oh okay right. of milk okay. bagged no wait milk oh boy now the history in me is like what is it it wasn't a carton it wasn't gla- bottle uh so, i, you know, I would like to remind that. you that we do not exist yeah. In the real world, so it could, so be, it could be anything. It could be anything. Yeah. The milk that was poured into cats' mouths and then uh, vomited oh, yeah. onto the steps of every somewhere family in the morning. You had to get it straight from the cat's mouth, as they say. 
<laughs> the double milk. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Horrible. Yeah. Prep the cats. Yeah, oh, terrible practice. Glad we're through with that fad. To be fair, no animal cruelty. The cats were lapping up the milk. It was just a terribly slow and difficult process. Yeah, the line was just chaos. Yeah. I'm glad we shut down that line. Aren't we all? It took us 15 years, but we finally got him. (laughs) (laughs) I learned my career. So far, but I had a long way to go before retirement. Oh, good. Stafford, I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) I mean, in this business, you never really retire. Sure, sure. Uh, Doug, it's about audio recording the whole conversation. Okay, great. Have notes. Um, Yeah, any other questions for the PTA? Have they tried to send anybody before? Oh, we haven't really had the means, what with the space sort of scabbing over and uh, not existing. We, We talked to Elodie to see if maybe she could do something, but... She wasn't super helpful, so yes, we we figured a new zoning policy would be the best sort of fit here. So you haven't sent anybody because space temporal door has been shut. Yeah. But we think that a zoning policy will crack that door. Oh, we worked very closely with William on it, so... Okay. It's a whole new zoning archetype. That's incredible. I would love to hear everything about it. He's 70% confident it will work. That's more confident than he's ever been about anything. This is true. It's usually almost exactly 50%. And changes after a thing happens. Such is the way of the cards. Claire ponders for a second and goes, does the PTA still um, put on its annual fundraiser? (gasps) Well, it's taken a backseat to the combined fund drive to, uh, you know, return the school. But if it all goes well, we'll fire it back up this year, certainly. It strikes me that it would be appropriate for the, the three of us here, Max, and then Claire looks at you, Kyle, and just points with their hand because she has forgotten your name again. Um, Duncan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, d- yes, of course. Uh, Max and, and Duncan here and myself be featured prominently as the heroes of the PTA at said fundraiser. Uh, we'll, we'll get you our headshots. And of course, you know, standard, all of the coasters will be of our faces and uh, we will all be thanked personally in any speeches that happen. Uh, don't worry, I'll send this all over with my attorney. I just think that makes sense. Of course. Easy. What? What? And then Claire what? looks at Max and goes, it's called personal branding. We'll discuss it more later. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, why not? Heck, we can even create a new award just for the three of you. (sighs) Claire immediately pulls out her notebook and is starting to try to figure out a portmanteau of our names that would make sense as an award name. (laughs) Clunkanax. The Plunkanax. The Plunkanax award. The (laughs) Plunkanax. Clunkanax. Okay, Okay. great. If that's what you wanted to be called, then yeah. We shall create a Cerberus from your three heads. Yes. Forge it from gold doubloons, and we shall decree that it is the Clunkanax for heroic service to our educational system. Oh, no. This is absolutely more motivating for Claire than <laughs> all of the missing people. It's just, just is. That's above, just the reality. Above the table, this is Kyle. You know we're now going to have to fight a Clunkanax in like four hours. <laughs> yeah, like an probably. animated Clunkanax. Oh, man. Yeah. Big boss. No, that's, that's true. 100%. Um, no. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it until I probably would have eventually, but you, you got me there quicker, so thank you. <laughs> Uh, okay sorry about that moving on uh i think the pta like 
a lot of their members are sort of like milling about. You get the sense that they're feeling like a little, the zeitgeist is a little antsy and they're like, we have other business to attend to. And unless you have any other questions for us, we will see you in the space that doesn't exist where the elementary school used to be in two days, let's say, pending zoning approval. Of course. Yes, we'll meet you at the space that doesn't exist where the elementary school used to be. Fabulous. Looking forward to it. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning into episode 8 of Monster Hour Absurdia. I want to give a special thank you off the top here to Cap and Ian from Shrimp and Crits, Susanna from Thornvale, and Reed from Bring Your Own Mech for lending their voices to the PTA this episode. You too can become a member of the PTA simply by continuing to live your life exactly as you have been. It'll happen before you know it. A big thank you, as always, to everyone who's been helping to spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, splatting about us on Sploot, and recommending the show to a friend. Much like the PTA, we won't be satisfied until the whole world is part of our gestalt hive mind, and word of mouth really is the best way to bring new members into the fold. I want to give a special shout-out this week to the newest members of WSOM's Eternal Pledge Drive, Jess and Paul Unger. A huge thank you to all our Airwave acolytes for supporting the show and helping make this season a reality. We just posted my GM notes from our first arc, The Bus Hunt, and I am also very excited to announce that for the first time in a long time, we have a new Patreon goal. We heard from a lot of folks how much they enjoyed William and his bureaucratic tarot reading, so when we hit $450 a month, we will start commissioning artwork for our very own deck of absurd, bureaucracy-themed tarot cards. Patrons at all tiers will receive a special release sticker with each new design as they come out, as well as digital access to the full library. If you want to help make William the Beeromancer's dreams and nightmares a reality, you can go to patreon.com slash monsterhour or follow the link in the show notes. Our community spotlight this week is Once Upon a Monster of the Week, a hybrid actual play audio drama podcast with an impressive rotating cast of 14. Unicorns. They're fluffy and cute. We wear scarves and sweaters from their wool to stay warm during chilly Reddington winters. In the spring, we picnic on their cheese with locally made jams and crackers. And we cool down in the hot summer months by sifting a refreshing iced unicorn milk latte. But last fall, unicorns turned deadly. If you or a loved one were killed, trampled, gored, grazed on, glared at, brayed at, kicked by, licked by, sniffed, startled, stared at, or otherwise inconvenienced by one of these tiny horned horses and sheep's clothing, you may be entitled to compensation. Visit WelcomeToReddington.com to learn more about Once Upon a Monster of the Week. That's it for this week, dear listeners. Tune in October 4th for the next broadcast of WSOM. Radio Somewhere. The crowd of PTA members file out of normal brewing, leaving you and Stafford and Jackie where you started this conversation. Stafford, you've been looking for this for a while. Do we got any files? Do we got any information? Does the bureaucracy know anything about this? Or are they just kind of sitting around waiting for it to resolve itself? Hmm. I can go back and, and check the files and logbooks, certainly. Probably just take me, you know, a day or two to wade through it all. 
sounds like exactly how long we have. <laughs> it's tough. You got to dive into that pool of loose paper where the files are kept and just kind of swim through. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll track it down. No one's better at it than you, Stafford. He nods affirmatively. Duncan nods with no knowledge about that statement. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the three of you really have, you know, some some free time here. If you would like to go talk to people, if you would like to gather some information, if you would like to try to procure some resources for your assignment here, that's pretty much up to you. Quinn, I'm sorry to do this to you, but... What is the snack situation here? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Like in town? <laughs> no, or normal brew. Gotta, gotta start there. Uh, normal. I would like to go to 812 and see what snacks they have available <laughs> that I can buy with my pogs. <laughs> yeah, so I think, well, normal brewing is normal. So they have, you know, some pretzels, some chips, some peanuts, some tater tots. Yeah. Salty starch. Yeah, they have salty starch. Okay. Do they also sell non-alcoholic beverages? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would like, Quinn, some pretzels and the largest container of a non-alcoholic beverage that they're willing to sell me. And I tell them that I'm going to be removing it from normal brewing, so they should give me a plastic cup. Okay. I want a big gulp. I want a big gulp, Quinn. I want that somewhere... Equivalent of a big gulp. Yeah, they come out with a very, very large plastic container that is filled with their non-alcoholic brew and, uh, yeah, a bag of pretzels. All right, I've got my snacks. It's like a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my snacks. I'm ready to go. Okay. Duncan's got kind of two things that he's hoping to squeeze into two days and maybe he can get some help from Sebastian at the station. One is he'd like to kind of canvas the neighborhood to try to identify people who lost somebody in the disappearance of the elementary school. And the second thing is he would like to not so much craft, but maybe try to upgrade like the walkie talkies that he and Sebastian use when they're out in the, out in the field or the like phone system to call that's used to call in for shows. Maybe just like get a big, 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 big spool of phone wire and put a phone on the end of it, and then attach the spool to a backpack. Yeah, sounds good. Claire, Max, anything that you would like to do? Max, aside from your ration collection? I got my snacks. <laughs> yep. I think also that in the scuffle of Jackie and the tiny soldier trying to clean non-existent dirt off of my chin, that I have captured the tiny soldier. <laughs> and he is in one of my various pockets. He's gone quiet, but every once in a while I poke that pocket and make sure he's not dead. I'm not even <laughs> sure that I can kill him. He's like made out of tin or something. I mean, I suppose <laughs> if I ran him over with a car, maybe. Uh, but I have a tiny soldier in my pocket. Are you trying to conceal this from Jackie or just is this just like a... A fun, a fun thing you did that she's... This is just a fun thing. Yeah, that then is. that's fine. Yes. I won't make you yeah. all for that. <laughs> uh, okay, Claire, anything? Honestly, no. I feel like Claire is so focused on the branding potentials. She's just kind of like, yeah, we do the thing. Yeah, that part's easy. Then then we have to th worry about the party, you know? Already designing the clunk of Max. Yeah. Then let's follow Duncan for a little bit. Duncan, which of those two things would you like Hooray. to do first? I think first he's going to 
try to get contacts because I don't, I don't, I think he's fairly confident that he can find a big spool of wire at the station somewhere. Uh, yeah, I think we'll do this as a gather information. I think you're clearly canvassing the community. So go ahead and give me a roll plus community. Okay. Oh, geez. I'm gonna put these dice on ice. Five. Oh, no. Matcha, matcha. On a miss, you glean the wrong information or accidentally reveal a secret of your own. I think it was known that there was going to be an expedition, but not that it was the three of you specifically, or I guess the four mm -hmm. of you with Stafford. And I think as you mm -hmm. kind of go around, you start to get kind of like a following almost, but not like in a good way necessarily. <laughs> um, <laughs> like there's definitely like there, there's people harassing you about like, what's your plan? Like, when are you going to go in? Like find Sally Sue yeah. and Johnny Joe and everyone lost had alliterative names. Yeah, I know. Super fascinating. Mm. Uh, I think you can also tell that you're now being tailed by members of the Code Compliance Division. Um, I bet Stafford <laughs> is not happy to have his involvement. No. no, and I think that that's probably also going to make Stafford's job harder. That might be the most yeah. material outcome uh, here. Yeah. Oops. But yeah, so you know, I think you you do hear from a lot of people, and like. Yeah, people people are missing kids, they're missing spouses, parents who all sort of disappeared when the school disappeared. But nobody I don't think you gain anything interesting or useful in talking to mm -hmm. them. Yeah, people know that they've lost somebody, but everything else is pretty blurry. Yeah, and well, I mean they remember who they lost, but like there's nothing special about the school. It just like yeah. just disappeared one day. Just poof. And it's just extra weird cuz they're like, "Yeah, I lost my daughter Susan a while ago." We don't remember if it was a week ago or 30 years. Yeah, they can't put a specific date on it. I've written a lot of notes that don't mean just just names, just lists of names. Yeah, you've got a, a long list of kids <laughs> and, and teachers and <laughs> faculty and everything, staff. Yeah. And then for your sort of equipment, you have the move can't stop the signal, right? Yeah, I do. I guess you tell me what this looks like, but given that move and your preparations, you'll be able to get a signal mm -hmm. out however you arrange it. So tell me what this looks like. Yeah, it's kind of just prepping for that move in a space that isn't the town that the radio station is in. But I think it is just an incredibly large spool of a fine wire, a fine but strong wire that as they gather at the place that doesn't exist where the elementary school used to be, it gets like soldered into and anchored into the like whatever ramshackle network that somewhere has and then he's got a little like handset hooked onto the backpack behind him and as he walks forward the coil starts to unspool nice i like it i'm gonna rage oh, sebastian keep the keep the lines open okay duncan i don't know what's gonna happen in there or how long we're gonna be there but a call could come at any time and i need you ready to broadcast i'll be ready you go find those kids and tell their stories, Duncan. The town needs to know. Just got to figure out what happened. And let's also resolve Stafford's investigation, which I think we're just going to run as another gather information. I do think sure. it's going to be a minus one because of like the basically like internal heat that Stafford has on him in the bureaucracy. Yeah. And this is my bureaucracy role. Yeah, yeah. Also a five. Okay. Yeah. On a miss, you glean the wrong information or accidentally reveal a secret of your own. Oh, man, he's going to get stuck with parking duty. <laughs> I think what happens is members of the bureaucracy are now acutely aware of you and Stafford working together. Damn it. On like a not just professional level. Uh oh, 
And that may come back later. So I think maybe the night before you're ready to meet Stafford comes back and, you know, he's just, it, it's empty handed. I was down there for a full day and a half. Only came up twice for air. Either they don't know anything or it's buried so deep that no one will ever find it. I put a hand on his shoulder and say, it's okay. I've learned a very valuable thing, which is that you, my friend Stafford, does require air. Yes. I'll be honest, I did not assume. And he like pops out the cassette tape, like where you would put a tape, and you hear this like whistle of air and then it shuts. How long can you hold your breath? An extremely long time. Okay. <laughs> like a whale. Yes. <laughs> um max and claire i am i'm curious how you're spending your time even if you're not doing anything related to you know the assignment i'm curious what you are up to in like the two days that <laughs> this is going down i think i keep going back to jackie's to see if she's figured out or her friend has figured out anything with the bus okay yeah you make your way out to the abandoned gas station at the edge of town. Every time as you draw near, you are filled with that indescribable, unshakable dread. I do not try to go closer. I learned my <laughs> lesson. Yeah, I think, you know, you visit maybe once a day. And I, I don't know that Jackie's there all the time, but Gitz's is. And uh, she's like opened up the hood of the bus and is like careened over it. Her her frame is like this very strange sort of like bulky oblong frame. And I think one time you you show up and like she's bent at like a almost 90 degree angle, which I think is probably a little, uh, I don't know if concerning given everything in somewhere, but uh, certainly a bit odd. I, I don't think based on how long it's been that she's uncovered anything interesting, but I think it does seem promising. Like, you know, so, something will probably come of her sort of tinkering and dinking around with the bus. Okay. Have I made myself a pest yet? Has anybody told me that I need to stop coming around? Uh, Not Gitz's. Okay. Who I think is the only person there. There's no one else anywhere near the vicinity of the gas station. Interesting. Okay, so nobody else shows up when I'm there? You never see anyone within, like, a half mile of the gas station except Gitz's. And if I stick around, if, like, one time I stick around, is there anything that I can observe, or is she just kind of, like, under the hood, working away? Uh, give me a roll to assess reality. Okay. I've got wits. Uh, that's mm -hmm. an eight. Okay, on a seven to nine, Ooh. hold one. Finally, we win a roll. <laughs> answers, I just should not roll. Somebody rolled <laughs> a success. Okay. Uh, what here is useful or valuable to me? Is there anything in particular you're looking for? I mean, I'm trying to see, you know, Jackie has told me that this would be fruitful and useful for me to regain my time traveling abilities or at least better control. So I'm wondering if I'm observing anything that's giving me indication that this like i will be able to regain like is there any kind of like temporal anomalies or anything kind of funky going on can i smell the smell of time travel which by the way smells like ozone mm. woof uh yeah i mean i think when you're visiting one time gets is like is is sort of working on the bus you know she's under the hood and she like does something i don't know if you can see like what she does but the bus doesn't move but 
she disappears and then reappears, but she is sunbathing on the hood of one of the other yeah. vehicles. Uh-huh. And she kind of like, oh, 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 uh, I, I definitely wasn't taking an extended lunch break. Uh... Ah. And then she like jumps back up and runs over to the bus. So yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear that there is something to be gained here with relation to temporal positioning. Okay, cool. Jackie was right that there is something that hopefully will be able to help me. It seems like it. Uh, would it be at all useful, and maybe I'll leave this up to Claire, to do some recognizance before we do the thing? Reconnaissance? Yeah, where we're going to go. I think that's a good idea. Sure. So, yeah, my, my thought was just that, like, the only information we're working with on this right now is from the stumped PTA. So it's, it's you know, you always want to have a secondary source for something. So, yeah, I think maybe, oh, boy, she's got to, like, emotionally prepare, but visit the Buromancer and kind of see if there's any any information that was either lost in translation or that she can kind of discover by going straight to Willie, as she affectionately calls him. Okay, yeah. Not to his face. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You head to City Hall and uh, you make your way through the twisting labyrinth of a hallway that narrows and narrows and leads to the customer service bureau where you see the white-gloved hands of William the Beeromancer resting at his ornate table, a single light hanging overhead. Claire, Claire. Oh, boy. <laughs> My favorite William. A... Reading. I, I think Clara is standing up extra tall, you know, trying to like exude confidence. Like, yes, please. Related to the missing school. He flips open his massive ledger and more pages than should be contained within flow open and start to, to flitter and turn by themselves until it comes to rest on the page with your name. And he pulls out a pen and starts making some extremely aggressive notations and says, Your past debt remains unpaid, Claire. About that, you do know that I, I am nominated as this year's Clunkinax Award, <laughs> uh, which, as you know, with it, provides a, uh, a sort of clean slate, if you will, in, in terms of, of city debts. And she just kind of like doesn't even remotely believe that this is going to work on Will, but she's got to try. She's got to try. You, you feel an intense concentration in the darkness behind the light. And William makes just a single additional extremely sharp etching into the ledger. And he says, your further debts are recorded. And go ahead and give me a roll. You're not really looking for resources like last time. You're looking for information. So why don't you go ahead and give me a roll to gather information plus bureaucracy? You know, for someone who hates bureaucracy, she deals with it all the damn time. Yeah, that's like my being a lawyer and I have to deal with paperwork. Uh -huh. Oh, God. 
<laughs> well, mm-hmm. so that's a six. Yikes. So I'm the only one who's rolled a success. <laughs> Yeah, one yes. better than I've done today. Uh, uh, unless you glean the wrong information or accidentally reveal a secret oh of no. your own. Oh God, my tax haven. <laughs> <laughs> my offshore account. I mean, I don't know if we want to go here, but I'll throw it out there. If there's anyone in town that Claire is even remotely romantically interested in, it's William the Bureaumancer. <laughs> but she she doesn't want to admit that because it's not of her brand. But it's very much in the like Netflix big time city girl comes to small town <laughs> for Christmas and falls for man who runs small, adorable business and they have completely different values, but somehow end up together. Uh, it's one of those where she hates the bureaucracy and everything it stands for. But for whatever reason, has it big for William? <laughs> I mean, I love, I love this. this. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> uh, so tell me, Claire, let's let's shape the scene together, but tell me what you think about this. I like to imagine William is is sort of jotting in his ledger, like making these very aggressive notations, and you like reach across the table and grab his other hand, and <laughs> it's like, no, I'm, I'm not here for a reading. And then William doesn't know how to help you, <laughs> uh, but he does know yep, that there's like, like a that. romantic undercurrent now. Yes, I like that. I think, I think William might be the first person to ever see Claire blush and live to tell of it. William withdraws his white-gloved hand, which, by the way, the feeling that you get when you rest your hand on William's is not like the sort of soft springiness of, of flesh. It's like smooth stone. And he, he very quickly retracts his hand and says, If you don't seek a reading... I cannot assist you. Womp womp. Well, I, I think you've done qu- quite quite a bit, William. Did, did, did you happen to, to, to look at those debts? No, no, notice I, I, I spent a, a, a good amount of money at the local animal shelter Scream Along, <laughs> where you scream along with the animals. Um, <laughs> And uh, I, I, that was based on your recommendation from last time I was here. I, I did quite enjoy it. The screaming part was qu- quite cathartic. I usually do my screaming in the forest, but this, this worked too. It pleases me that this reading was satisfactory. I'm glad. I'm, 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 I'm going to go. Um, thank <laughs> you for your time. Today, all days, whenever you have time. That's fine. I'll come back later. (laughs) The hands withdraw from the light and you hear the voice overhead say, Now Now serving. serving. Zero. 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 Two. Two. (gasps) Who else is there? You're always zero, zero, one. Oh, yeah. I get in early. I want to get like the darkest version of william you know some of his power gets zapped surely a bit through it's 24 hour service and he sets it to zero zero one when you come in <laughs> oh, <laughs> claire comes back and your customer 325 <laughs> damn it <laughs> damn it no it's a sign um I also just want on the record that I think part of why Claire is into William is that unsettling feeling in his presence that everyone gets. 
to her, that is dynamite because she also provides an unsettling feeling to most humans. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it it just fits. Mm -hmm. It works. Yeah, so you make your way out of the labyrinthian customer service hallway. With zero knowledge? Yeah, no knowledge. Totally unnecessary. Except that you revealed that you have feelings for the customer service bureau man, Sir William. Look, the world goes on, especially when we don't know how long this school has been gone. (laughs) So you got to live your life. And we see you step out of City Hall. Two days later, we open on the space that doesn't exist where the elementary school used to be. (laughs) There's nothing there except the PTA. And one, parentheses, number one. And parentheses, Duncan Oliver. <laughs> one. Yeah. Parentheses, number one. And parentheses, Claire Claremont. And and <laughs> one. Parentheses, number one. In parentheses, Max, last name omitted. Redacted. And one. <laughs> uh, Stafford. Parentheses one. Parentheses one. one. Parentheses. I think the joke stopped being funny a while ago, but we're just going to like ride nope. it into the ground. <laughs> That's what we do. Still funny to me. Uh, The thing, though, is that in a game like this, if you set up those silly, absurd jokes, you can plant clues in them later. That's true. So the four of you rendezvous with the PTA. They're standing in the middle of the street, basically, but it's like a weird intersection of several different streets, and they all sort of look a little bit askance. Like, they're not really straight. They're kind of like curved in weird ways and tilted a little bit, and uh, yeah, they're just kind of standing in the middle of the street. Cool. Mm. Hello, the PTA says, since no one will say anything. (laughs) Well, I mean, in this world, they could be possessed. There could be so many things happening right now. The probably like 20, 25 members of the PTA, as soon as one of them notices you, uh, all of them turn to face you. And uh, I I don't think in unison, but all of them are are waving. (laughs) I wave back. I wave back, but it's like a a very tentative wave. Kind of a hi. One of the members of the PTA, I think she's holding a briefcase and she pulls it out and opens it. And this like, geyser of paperwork shoots out almost like a champagne being uncorked and you hear her call out and say the zoning permit was approved you're standing on mixed dimensional use space right now oh or here hold on take five steps forward okay i take five steps forward as the wire pulls out of the spool (laughs) okay now you're standing on mixed dimensional use space whoa it it feels so different y'all feel that no no. It's Should I have so sunscreen different. on? I I mean, generally, yes. Uh, specifically now, no. Okay, just checking. I don't know how this works. It's who knows. That's fair, but like as a general practice, probably because yeah. you know, like sometimes the sun gets mad and and there's these flares, so you know. Yes, yes, burn people alive. It's true. It's very true. Yes. Remember um, about the sunscreen. Says Baz Luhrmann, member of the PTA. (laughs) (laughs) Baz Luhrmann exists in canon in somewhere, and he's a member of the PTA. Yeah, that's the whole curriculum on sunscreen. Yeah, Uh, sunscreen 101, advanced sunscreen. I mean, really, though, we should all be applying. So everyone listening, listeners, I don't care where you live, 
Wear you sunscreen. Yeah. Wear, yeah. Start wearing sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Start start doing it today. And right now. It's too late. Yeah. Start right yeah. now. Yeah, it's right 9 now. 9 p.m. Go put, put sunscreen, sunscreen on. on. Pause. Everyone, pause. stop. Pause the podcast. Pause the, stop the podcast. Keep listening. Just talk sunscreen. about sunscreen for five minutes while you apply. Here's the thing to note. It's not just about preventing cancer, although that's like, you know, the important one. But for vanity purposes, the best way to age gracefully is to have sunscreen on every day of your life. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've all come back and had your sunscreen on now, so we can move on. I think there's like a few pieces of paperwork that are still left in the briefcase. The woman who is holding the briefcase gingerly removes them while other members of the PTA are arranging the documents, which I think you can see are bearing, you know, a variety of bureaucratic signatures and stamps and seals. Starts arranging them in a a very large circle around all of you. And the the woman holding the briefcase passes a document out to, to each of you and says, are you ready? Yep. 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 Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Fabulous. So here's your paperwork. Um, just go ahead and uh, the PTA pulls out a stapler and staples it to you, which is extremely painful. Uh, <laughs> and says, once the circle's complete, you should make the jump here pretty easily. Like I said, there's a 70% chance, William said, that you'll end up at the elementary school. But if you, you know, happen to wind up in the flay beyond or or the playground, or, you know, any of the other places, um, just take the staple off, and you should wind up back here, probably. Okay. Hmm. Okay. You know what? Don't answer this if it's a bad answer, (laughs) Uh, but has that been tested? Different groups of the PTA all kind of look at each other, and then look back at you, and they're like, uh, Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Totally. Oh, you could have just not answered. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, not not instilling confidence. Oh okay. no, no, it's it's a hundred percent guaranteed to work seventy percent of the time. Ah, mm-hmm. Thank That's, you, William. What are numbers really? What is probability except for the chance of one hundred percent likelihood of something happening? Uh huh. That's what we go to school for, I guess. Let's get the elementary back. Yeah, yeah. Some kids are gonna need to go to school and. I mean, I don't even know what percentages are, so it's all gravy, (laughs) applesauce to me. On we go. Excellent. The members of the PTA finish the diagram around you. The woman who seems to be sort of the spokesperson at this moment walks up to each of the bureaucratic forms that have been stapled to the three of you and Stafford, draws like an X over the signature line, the world gets kind of wobbly and distorted and Mm -hmm. max you have the profound sense of time travel as everything disappears tastes weird yeah that's time travel (laughs) what (laughs) 